thanks to our sponsors, Watchman Cigars, 1812 Barbecue, Blue Collar Cycle Shop, and Operation Decisive Victory. Without you, this would be way more expensive. Welcome to the next Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. Those who are watching on Facebook Live and also catch our YouTube live stream. Um, also, those who are probably tuning in later this week to watch this recording. Obviously, we're missing a couple of people. Um, they're off doing other things, probably doing some secret missions to somewhere unmentionable, maybe. Um, anyway, appreciate you guys tuning in. This is the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. We have producer Brian on the other side of my screen here. Hey, guys. And uh, I am Mojo. Uh, this week is kind of a, we're going to kind of do something a little different here, but anyway, you can, let's get our credentials out of the way. You can find us on our Southern Fry Philosophy website at southernfryphilosophy.com, um, where you have our playable links. They are approved for work, uh, especially they are suitable for homework, I guess most, most likely, especially <laughs> this episode will be, um, you can also find us wherever you download your podcast, you iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever, just go in and search Southern Fry Philosophy. Hit the subscribe button, um, give us a review, give us a rating. Um, also, you can find us on the Twitters and Instagram at SFP Radio. Our Patreon link at patreon.com forward slash SFP Radio. Hopefully, we'll be starting our insiders back up uh, episodes here soon. And uh, yeah, you can find us on the YouTubes at youtube.com forward slash SFP Radio. Also, Facebook is where you're probably seeing this mo- most likely right now uh, as you're strolling through the old TikToks on another app or you're searching <laughs> Facebook Marketplace for that used mattress. You find us here. So anyway, appreciate you guys tuning in. So, Brian, I guess how you be doing? <laughs> yeah, um, it's going to be a good show here, I think. Um, I'm good. Is it just me, or is it like the? Is this the hottest it's ever been in North Carolina? <laughs> it just feels like we say. I think we say that every year. I, you know what I'm saying? You don't get used to it. I've lived here my entire life. I'm, I'm sweating inside my house right now, and it's probably like 68. Yeah, I had to turn my fan off so you wouldn't hear the buzzing noise, you know, in my microphone while we're recording here. So I had a. Uh, I think this kind of it's half relates to our show tonight, but I had a, a what I'm calling a chicken fail. And it relates to the heat a little bit, but uh, I was going to make, um, I think it was last weekend. Are you familiar with ballistic chicken? Uh, I'm not. It's essentially uh, fried chicken made on a smoker. Okay. So you make, like, basically you bread it up and you run it a little bit hot, but it gets, but for the pit barrel. Um, looks amazing. I've been wanting to try it forever. So I bought a whole chicken. I was going to cut it up. And I went to do it on Sunday and I noticed that the package was open a little bit. Mm. And yeah, I ain't playing with chicken. It had a little kind of a funky smell to it. So, all right, well, whatever. This is a fail. So I went outside, you know, I, I just kind of tied up in the garbage bag and threw it in the trash can. That was Sunday. Mm. Trash well, come on. It's like trash comes on Friday. Uh, ooh. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's tomorrow as of, uh, so all week I've been avoiding the trash can outside. Like I just had stuff piling up by the door because if you walk outside, it smells like bunch of dead animals it's probably <laughs> ballistic chicken right now terrible yeah it's ballistic all right but the uh so trash is tomorrow it gets picked up so i had to go like get the trash out of the house and the trash cans tonight 
man. Kind of ripe. I, yeah, I almost decorated the yard a little bit, but yeah. uh, <laughs> it was rough. How you be doing? Well, I can I can remember a trash fail also with uh, I think it was last Thanksgiving our uh, uh, illustrious Concord City decided to skip the, the following Friday Black Friday I guess for trash pickup oh, and yeah, move they, move yeah. like another three days so the neighborhood was pretty ripe when you pulled in so yeah because it was collectively you know everyone in the neighborhood so, everybody yeah. yeah I'm doing great just uh, a lot of hours this week a lot of miles on the road with uh, picking up motor scooters and uh a lot of a lot of work at the shop but yeah just life uh under just day 1100 under quarantine lockdown I, I i've lost track I've, I've lost all hearing in my left ear mm-hmm. i just get all sight in my left ear but no just uh just busy just yeah. basically work sleep eat come home shower go back and uh yeah but i'm i'm my uh, my addiction is work and my hobby is work, so it's kind oh, of good. So it's, it's a good thing. Be happy me. then? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I have no I have no qualms about busy it. is yeah. good. Yeah, busy is good when you're self employed, especially. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. Uh, so I had the idea last week. We found out the big one was built bailing on us. Um, so uh, the two of us were left to our own devices, and I've been wanting to do a food show with you for a year, probably or longer. Yeah. <laughs> Food's, uh, food's always good. So. Yeah, food's good, and you know it's it is the the hottest part of summer right now to me. Actually, it's probably not even the hottest part of summer. It's like almost the hottest part of summer. Um, so maybe we're not outside cooking as much, but it, I was you know grilling seems like a topic that um I really enjoy, and uh I know you've got some experience. It's like, it's there like as the well. well, it's, it's kind of as we get older, it's that ultimate dad thing. You know, you cut your lawn on a Saturday, you stand back and look yep. at it, and you're new balance shoes that are tarnished green and then you get to fire up the old grill and drink a natural light i mean it's just yeah. no no better sad yeah and the food tastes better when the grass is short you know <laughs> i think that's a i think that's a rule actually yeah i enjoy cooking outside a lot more when the yard looks good so right right um so we're going to jump in a little bit hopefully we have some uh, participation on the facebook we're going to have some question and answer sessions here if, if folks jump in on us um uh, so start off. So we're going to, we're talking about grilling. The first thing you got to do, if you're going to grill and we're talking about outside grill. I don't, I'm not, we're not getting in the grill pans inside or that. Those fancy, like that's not things no built into that's, that's, ca- that's just a cast iron skillet no. with ribs in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're not, we're, we're talking about the real thing. We're not going to cheat too much here. Um, so we got to have a grill, right? You got to have something to start off with. There's a lot of opinions out there on this stuff. I have my own, of course, and I'm sure you have a few. Um, so where do you land on the gas versus charcoal debate? Um, well, I've probably been strictly charcoal for probably 10 years. I mean, the convenience of gas, just go out there, hit the old ignition, or, you know, if you don't have that igniter, and just, you know, open the propane tanks, let her eat, and th- run a, throw a match and run. Um, the convenience <laughs> of gas is obviously a lot, a lot better, but I think it's the, that, that romantic ritual of charcoal lighting. There, there's actually a skill to it, you know? Yep. And, uh, the, actually there's a whole huge rabbit hole of diving down into what you, you do, the outer rim, the snake, the pyramid triangle shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all kinds of just creative ways of yeah. doing that. 
Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, for 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 me, I, I'm in the same camp. Uh, I've been using charcoal exclusively for at least eight or nine years, I think. And a lot of it comes down to I've never I don't think I've ever had a good experience on a gas grill. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like cooking well, myself. I mean, you roll into like a rental house. It's usually where I run into them, and they're not in good shape half the time. Oh yeah, yeah. and there's always like a crazy hot spot somewhere. And everything gets burned. Like if I touch a gas grill, it's getting burned. That's <laughs> that's just the way it happens. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, I mean, even in the restaurant business, I, I think you know, um, like even flat grills are are better quality grill, or you have a better pro a better product on a flat grill inside versus mm-hmm. a char grill or outside. I mean, you get that little. That little char grill t- taste from the propane, but I don't know. There's just something different, especially you know now, <clears throat> you know with with tech with like charcoal technology. I mean, you got the low quality, crappy stuff that you get at the bottom shelf at the gas station, or you can get like um, I use like uh, K- that Kingsford Professional um, briquettes, which are like extra burning time, extra heat. But it's like a competition series. It's, it's cheap. You get it at Sam's or BJ's Wholesale Club or Costco, whatever they all have it. You know, two bags for fifteen bucks or something. Yeah, there seems like there's a lot of boutique charcoal right now. Right, <laughs> these because growing up, or for me, it's always been there's there was Kingsford and there was like Food Lion brand <laughs> or what you would see yeah. in the store, the store well, brand, whatever, company. or Match Light. Yeah. But now you have like was yeah. like B B B, and there's like the Cowboy Lump charcoal or the I think the whole the Lump Wood charcoal. Yeah. I used a little bit, but the consistency harder to measure. Well, I think smoking. you know I've never had a really good experience with that cowboy hard lump, um, but I think I also made mistakes in the past with that where I didn't let it get hot enough. You know, I just I think it's a different product. Like you know, with charcoal, it's just like you know twenty twenty minutes. You got a good a good ash, and you can you know just let her eat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's. I, I'm sure probably people could, you know, debate this, but I, I like I do like Kingsford. Um, I think there's another company out there called Royal Oak. I think that's like um, cooking over a hot dumpster. I I, I don't uh, I don't I don't prefer that at all. Yeah. Um. I I don't like the match light the stuff that has you know it's infused charcoal fluid because it takes a while to burn that stuff off. Otherwise, you have that kind of chemical taste. Yeah, and while by the time the lighter fluid burns off. The fire's gone, and you're you need another bag. To yeah, keep cooking no, your hamburger. <laughs> absolutely. Like uh, I found my my little go to here lately because um, I'm too cheap and too dumb to actually pick lighter fluid up. So I had these little tumbleweeds, basically just like mm-hmm. they call them tumbleweeds. Basically, just wood shavings. I think they're probably infused like a paraffin wax or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you can place those strategically in the briquettes and go ahead and like that and uh that's basically that's uh, that's been kind of my go-to starter because charcoal if you don't think with charcoal those if you, you can layer that charcoal light or lighter fluid on there and if you do not burn that stuff off um you're eating a contact buzz or something yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know uh, going back to the the cowboy stuff for a second i think the a couple of times i used it, it reminded me of like a bag of potato chips because you get all the big lumps at the top, like the really nice charcoal, and then by the time you get to the bottom of the bag, 
it's just a pile of dust. You don't yeah. get your whole value. That's right. Uh, what you paid for. Um, so I'm curious, this, this kind of almost goes into what, uh, the next to- topic, but, uh, do you don't use a chimney at all when you use charcoal? No, I just, I, I, I'm the, uh, I, d- I do the pyramid stacking you know, okay. method and then just strategically place the, uh, the, uh, tumbleweeds. And then I, you know, like I let it rip and walk away for about 20 minutes and then come back and get a roll. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the, actually the, the chimney. Yeah. You get a little faster start on your, yeah, you get it. And you farm. can start it with anything. You can yeah. start it with a balled up newspaper. You can use those little fire starters like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife actually bought, she bought a pack of them for Christmas for me like three years ago. Well, a pack was a box of a hundred. <laughs> yeah. like, and they looked like these little like hamster like treats or something, but I've still got, you know, if anybody needs fire starters, let me know. I got like, a whole case of them still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my, I have a, my, my grill is the Weber performer charcoal grill. Mm, so it's like, a, it's kind of a fancy charcoal grill has the table built into it but it has a propane charcoal starter hmm. that's to me it was propane's for starting charcoal so yeah. i can set my chimney right on top of there turn the flamethrower on five minutes later it's all smoky and yeah that's kind of cool yeah. yeah i have the uh 99 off season um some off off make kettle brand that i got because <laughs> i'm i'm telling you i'm cheap in fact, well. I used to I used to have a fire I used to have a chimney starter, but um, I broke it. it. It just got so rusted, broke, and that. So I've had to switch up methods. But uh, yeah, well, I'd rather use a cheap charcoal um, than a cheap gas grill. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, you can't go wrong with a kettle. I mean, so uh, versatile. Yeah, I think like some. I was like discontinued clearance item i even had like the it came out of the pizza pizza oven stone and like the extra ring i threw all that stuff in the garbage i just wanted the grill so i didn't need it and you can't put the you can't put the damn stone in the oven because you know stone's bigger than my you know the inside oven so (laughs) yeah but uh but uh, you can't go wrong with a kettle and you can cook a lot of stuff people you know people always talk about like uh, oh they're so small actually they're not i mean I probably can cook twenty burgers and correct placement on a on a kettle grill, and they cook fast too. So yeah, and I think a lot of the things people do wrong, like if if you do charcoal, is a learning curve, you know, and you've got to almost to me, you have to do a two zone to really get the most out of it, right? For for the way I cook, anyway, even if it's if it's burgers, usually not, but anything else, I want that high heat, and then I want that warm zone to let things rest a little bit or keep keep cooking and when i first you know i first started cooking i just would dump the chimney or make the pyramid and i wouldn't even try and spread them out then i started learning about the different ways to basically use the charcoal grill to get different temperatures or even if if you wanted to use it we're not gonna talk about smoking too much tonight but that's the great thing about a kettle is you can use i've like i've done boston butts on there using that snake method Mm-hmm. And that'll cook for like seven, eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> if you do it right. That's right. Um, you just gotta, you just gotta keep, you know, keep an eye on it and feed it right. But yeah, charcoal grills, uh, I think just more versatile. I mean, from, uh, longevity, not having to, because how many times you see on Facebook marketplace, like curbside pickup for free, it's never a charcoal grill. It's always that, you know, uh, stainless steel 
high dollar members mark, you know, yeah, with, with like oh, needs a burner yeah. plate or something like that. So. Like a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've even run a lot. Yeah, there's, you can always find a used grill, used gas grill on like Craigslist or whatever too. I think you have to get a good one if you're going to get gas grill. Like you can't mess around. Yeah, but the ones always for free on Marketplace are the ones that are like, uh, it's like, it's like scoring a pair of dirty panties at Goodwill. They're just, they're, <laughs> it's always like disgusting. I mean, you never want like that gross, grill yeah. after a so, Yeah. Actually, I've know. used enough rental house gas grills mm-hmm. to like, uh, just out of necessity, really. But my, uh, my grandfather had a, a Weber gas grill when I was growing up. And I swear he had that in my entire childhood. The same one. Probably so. Yeah. And it just worked forever. So, I mean, that's, that's a brand, you know, if you, people are shopping for brands, that's when I, I am married to essentially, I'm going to be cremated in a Weber kettle. I mean, you're kind of so, unique. Yeah. Yeah. You, if you're ever, if you're ever in Chicago, <laughs> big one. if you're ever in Chicago um, and you know, you, you decide to risk being shot, there's actually a Weber steakhouse there. It's actually really good. It's the spot. I don't I've know if you've been there. there. Maybe it's really good. Yeah. I had a amazing grilled salmon there back in like not two thousand two, yeah. I think. Long time ago, but it was fantastic. It was a great restaurant. They're actually using yeah. they have got grills out there in the open kitchen. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, they they do a good job. I I'm, I think they're still open. Of course, I've been in Chicago in quite a few years, but yeah, that was the last time I was in Chicago. I think no, nah, maybe one of the time, but I didn't go in uh, the downtown. Yeah. Uh, almost got my shoes shined in Chicago once, but <laughs> a guy walking down the street. <laughs> Questions in the Facebook chat here. Actually, Biggin's asking about, would you suggest a charcoal starter? I'm assuming he's talking about those like hot plate charcoal, like the coil ones. So uh, if that's what you're talking about, Biggin, let us know. Um, I've never used one of those myself. I never have. I've, I've used. Uh... You know the, uh, you know the, the uh, blue gas or yellow gas used for like soldering pipes. I've used those like a torch. I've used those to start. Charcoal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're hot. Yeah, and I use a blowtorch to start some pellets on one of my other toys. We'll get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, the chimney, I, I personally recommend every time. Um, I use a chimney every time. Uh, to me, it's very versatile. I actually have two. I have one I take camping with me. And uh, it has a little grill that'll sit on top of it, so I can actually cook a steak or something right on top of the charcoal. It's like a rocket rocket stove. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. But it folds flat. It's kind of neat. Talking about lighting methods, I actually was watching a uh, a video today. A guy was in the woods and he he made a campfire, and he brought a propane tank and like a weed burner blowtorch, and he like set his wood up and just like (laughs) like lit it to it. Blowtorch, which is. which is fun to watch. I'll say that. Yeah. I see people see our stakes with those too, but on the YouTubes. All right. So moving on, the next part um, is after you get your grill is you're going to need some other accessories. Probably. I mean, you could just throw a piece of meat on there and start going. Um, Is there any like accessories or fancy like tools or toys you use when you're outside cooking? No. Tongue spatula. Yeah. I mean, it, the basic, not a plastic one, but, uh, <laughs> no, they probably wouldn't use, they probably do to a, I don't like the, you know, the, the father's day gifts. You get the, the top, the spatula, you know, for the, mm-hmm. the grilling set. I think they're, I think they're garbage. 
I, I mean, just go to rest, go to a restaurant supply house and grab a, some, a couple pairs of tongs or like $3 a piece and grab a couple of spatulas. They're probably three to $5 a piece and leave those, uh, those father's day, you know, in a mahogany cabinet, whatever it is, you know, mahogany case or whatever. Yeah, it's they, got a case. You open it up. It smells like <clears throat> cedar or something yeah, in there. Yeah. It's like green felt. Uh, actually I have a set that was, it was a gift. It wasn't, I don't, maybe I don't think it was father's day, but it was a pampered chef grill mm-hmm. set. It's really nice actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, I mean, they're really nice. heavy duty stuff. Yeah. But the, the spatula has like this serrated edge on it. Mm-hmm. So if like ninjas came at you while you were cooking hot dogs, you could take care of them. You can do really some easily. damage, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do like having a grill basket for like veggies and stuff to toss stuff around. Um, mostly that's it, and maybe I've used a couple of those like those, they're not single use, but two or three use like perforated things you put like fish or shrimp on. Yeah, you don't want to skewer it so it doesn't like stick. Um. I think having a good thermometer is really important for, especially before you figure out what you're doing, <laughs> like you're not going to poison anybody. Yeah. I think, uh, I think a good digital thermometer, you know, those things are kind of just, you know, start out with just grab a fold out one, like, you know, the yep. classic pocket knife look, there's just several fold out ones that you can buy at Amazon or Walmart, or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a but huge yeah. market for those now. I have a oh, yeah. Thermopop, and uh, I have one of those full ones. I forget what it's called, though. It was very recently given to my My dad will, every time he buys a grill toy, he gets mm. two. Okay. Just, That's good. <laughs> just passes one along. So, oh, okay. I don't need another thermometer, but thanks. I think my uh, my dad switched to the George Foreman grill, so I don't get any crap. Oh, you know. man. That's a travesty. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> I had one of those when I was 19. Um, no, I, I've been trying the bat. I mean, I've got, I actually bought a, one of those vegetable baskets, but I've gotten to the point now where like, I like different types of sides. Like if I'm gonna have a steak, I don't want my, I, I'm already eating something that tastes like the grill. I don't want my vegetables to taste like the grill too. So I've kind of yeah. been a bugaboo about that. That's it. You sound like my wife. She, yeah. uh, she has to think about things that taste smoky that shouldn't taste smoky. Hmm. I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I can see that. I made something while we were camp, like uh, on vacation. It was a pork chop. Was it a pork chop? I hung something, and it was a smoker. We should, and instead of, and I, I put too much wood in. That's what I did. Mm. So it was like really, really smoky flavor, very woody smoky flavor. Um, uh, let's see, baskets. Um, I like to have a pair of gloves, rubber gloves, handy just for handling switching over so i'm not running back in the house a bunch you know to wash my hands if i throw the raw chicken on there that kind of stuff uh, that's a personal preference so yeah that's uh i think that kind of covers the i'm pretty simple too when it comes to accessories on the cooking stuff i've have, i've gone through a couple of different like cast iron grill grate solutions i ruined one completely i probably could have like sanded it down and re-seasoned it but i was too lazy to deal with that mm. Then another one showed up. Um, it, was, it was Grill Grates, if you're familiar with that brand. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's been okay. I like it because you can flip it over and get like a hot plate kind of griddle situation going um, for burgers. Um, let's see. Uh, so mo- let's move on to what I think is the, kind of the best part of the, the show tonight. Uh, I want to give you guys some 
like kind of methods or recipes for the the top grilled items uh and see i'm really curious to see where mojo goes with some of this if he has any brilliant ideas or not (laughs) (laughs) for some of these so first thing Um, up i know you're the burger guy so if you're gonna put a burger on the grill is there a particular recipe you use or do you like a certain fat quantity in the meat like what's your process there um well 80 20 is kind of the basic standard ground beef, you know, that 80% meat to fat. Sorry, my dogs are scooting the dogs ball, dog walls around. Um, I, I think anything uh, leaner than that is just, I don't know. I, you know, the fat is where you get the, the flavor from. You know, that's what they always say. That's what grandma used to say when she was feeding you a fat bag sandwich. You know, I mean, that's just where you get the flavor from. Uh, no, I'm, I'm simple salt and pepper on seasoning um, because you're a burger is about condiment, you know, the condiments that you're adding. It's not really sure. about the, I guess the, the you know, the, the condiments and also the bread, bread quality. So on like a burger, salt and pepper, that's it. Seasoning wise. Sometimes I'll mix it up. You know, you can actually do like, um, uh, if you want more, kind of more of a rich, rich flavor, like, uh, Grape, I usually like a Dijon mustard, salt and pepper, Worcestershire, a little okay. bit of onion, onion, chopped onion, and uh, and just mix it up in the ground beef and make patties out of that. But basically, I'll just, yeah, I'm simple, man. Salt and pepper. Yeah. That sounds like a grilled Salisbury steak almost. Uh. Yeah, it does. But, <laughs> but it's kind of a very savory, kind of, like I said, a yeah. very savory, kind of rich flavor um, that. Actually, I think I saw Gordon Ramsay do that, and it was actually interesting, so I kind of stuck with that. But I, I like the simplicity. Yeah, my, my go-to as far as seasoning goes, I'll I'll get the fattiest meat I can find usually. Um, but I really like doing a salt, pepper, and a little bit of onion powder and garlic powder. Because th- For me, it just adds a little extra yeah. in the mi- meat, like in the middle of the burger when you're eating it. Um, now, the thing I run into, and this is the thing I've never um, – <laughs> Someone just said that's uh, that was Leon's meatloaf recipe you just gave out <laughs> real there. That <laughs> does, does sound like it. Uh, is I can't get my and this is the problem I've never solved is the poofy burger. Like they're always you know they're, oh, they're always okay. like the little I make this massive hamburger patty and you th- and it's like you know four inch ring and you put it on the grill because and mostly this is because of all the fat in it and you come back and you got this little. It looks like you, a piece of charcoal got left on top of the grill or something, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's an that's an easy fix. Okay, what's the fix? All right, take your take yourself a you know a piece of wax paper, tin foil, probably in a five by five square, and you're gonna you obviously make like a, a you know a big ass meatball, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna cup your hand, you know, like a C. Yeah, yep. you're gonna you're gonna push push the meat into the the to the surface of the hand, so and just kind of twist twist it around so you're you're forming forming a patty so therefore because uh, trust me my, my parents would you know make half pound burgers that were the size of a chicken nugget um, and they would, <laughs> right. but I, you know i had to go out and basically show my parents how to do the same thing after kind of figuring out figuring it out after um working in the restaurant industry for so long but yeah it's just that's easy it's a very simple fix so, so you're making it round so you, you have a and and, yeah. and the chat room is talking about the thumbprint. 
like, you know, you push a, a hole in the middle. That's never worked for me for some no, reason. That's, that's fake news. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, Lisa said I mean, she does you... a knuckle or something, but. Uh. I guess you can. I mean, I'm, I'm not mad at you if you do it. I mean. <laughs> okay. I got, I going to have to try that because that's, that's the one thing I can say. Honestly, I have not figured out with burgers on the grill and half the time i'm buying the like the pre-made thing anyway oh so don't do I'll, that and i'll throw some this is how fast i, I want to go well see the, nowadays well i ordered a bunch of stuff from like show mars for groceries back when the uh back in 1996 when the pandemic started mm-hmm. yeah and uh that year we graduated high school yeah so it was like a stack of uh hamburgers like it looks really good they turned out to be these super thin restaurant like Oh boy, burgers! I tried yeah. doing those on my grill. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that was. A well, see, you mistake. know, there's the the frozen patties too. The reason why I don't do the frozen patties, I, I mean, I go over to someone's house, they have them. That's cool. I mean, I understand the convenient, but the way they process, they're machined. It actually, um, it actually con- contrasts the or uh, con- con- contorts the muscle fiber in the beef. Yeah. It makes it tougher, right? It does make it tougher, and. Yeah. Um, but also a lot of times they, you know, some companies, you got to watch out for the ingredients because some companies will actually add, um, extra beef flavoring to the meat, to the meat because, you know, they, they, um, a lot of times companies will add like a, a sodium, a sodium water pro- type product to the meat to bulk it up. So therefore, sure. it, you know, it, the, the raw weight will be six ounces, but the cook weight, finished cook weight will be two ounces because you're getting all that shrinkage and stuff from the extra crap they're at. So yeah, one of these days after lockdown and you're not quarantined anymore, I'll, uh, I'll show you how to patty out a hamburger. Yeah. I can't, I, I'm looking forward to that actually. Um, so for our listeners, if you weren't hungry going into this, we didn't hurt to warn you, but you're probably going to need to be running out to cookout or something after this, uh, <laughs> getting something. Uh, so after burgers, the next thing uh, I was going to go into is, uh, Oh, actually, before we finish the burgers, buns toasted or not? Um, I think it depends on the bun. Hmm. Because okay. you know the, you know the that here in the south we have Marita Marita Bakery, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of a real soft. It's basically a high sugar content dough. Um, see, toasting those is kind of really no benefit. You just got to basically one of those buns. You know, you got to let her eat. You know, as soon, soon as you soon as you put that burger together, you got to eat it quick because that thing's going to dissolve pretty damn quick. So, um, you know, like like a brioche or pretzel bun, yeah, I think those things are better toasted. You know, um, I think those add a little extra body to the. You know, basically the hand, the bun is basically just the vehicle to get it to your mouth. So yeah, I, I like the the toasting just to kind of make it hold up, especially on the the softer bread. The, sure, that doesn't fall apart when I put a half cup of chili on there or something yeah yeah all right uh, so after burgers um i want to get into chicken now when i was growing up barbecue chicken was probably the worst thing that ever came to my table because it was overcooked every mm. time it was always chicken breast and it was always thin and it was always crispy mm. now i've learned a way around that now but I was, what is your standard barbecue chicken method Um, well, you know, if you go to the, 
the meat section of the of the, of the grocery store, wherever you go, butcher store, grocery store. They, they have these chicken breasts now that are ginormous. You know, they're they're not. They're, yeah, they're like the double. They're like the double D's of the chicken. You know, coop. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually like to either um butterfly those or actually take some saran wrap and just pound pound the hell out of them because and actually it'll make a better product too the pounding just because um you're you're separating that muscle fiber and making it more tender um barbecue chicken i'm i'm not we're just not a big fan of that here you're not a fan of it huh okay but, but but if if i was to do it i'd probably you know just simple seasonings salt pepper you know garlic powder garlic salt something like that and you know, I, I probably dehydrated onion, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, chicken. You don't want to. I'm not a big fan of cooking at a high heat. Yeah. So it had to be kind of you know in, in your kind of cooler zone on your grill, and um, just kind of slow cooking it. You know, and yep. obviously once you make that first flip, you're going to start basting it with whatever your preferred sauce is. I mean, uh, or, or mopping it depends depends upon how thin your sauce is. So. Yeah, so barbecue chicken is probably one of the thing my favorite things to make on the grill because I I feel like it's I finally you're a Yankee. figured it out. It's because you're a Yankee. Some what? You're a Yankee. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> well, I, and maybe it's because I had so much bad barbecue chicken as mm-hmm. a kid that yeah. now that I know how to make, I feel like I know I finally figured out the issue, and that was um, brining the chicken. So anytime I'm going to put chicken on a grill. I either marinate it for a very long time where I dry brine it or even do, when I first started brining, it would, I would do a salt and sugar solution, um, which essentially brine is salt solution as opposed to just a marinade, but has like, usually has oil in it. <clears throat> I've found that that makes cooking chicken way more forgiving, even when they're the big pieces, because just the way the, the brine keeps a lot of the moisture in the meat. Uh, I've slightly overcooked barbecue chicken that's been brined and it still was really, really good. Um, and this is where I like the two zone method on, on the charcoal grill. Cause I'll give it a little bit of high heat for a few minutes and then I like to flip it and put it on the slow side and let that just bake basically for a while. And then I'll sauce it and caramelize the sauce real quick again on that high heat. Um, right. And it's, it's made, I love, I love making it. I, I do pork chops the same way, <laughs> basically, uh, with the brine and everything. And, and another, so not barbecue chicken recipe, I want to kind of throw out there real quick. Um, I actually found this um, for making chicken euros or gyros, depending on where you're sitting right now. Um, and the marinade is one of my favorite grilled chicken marinades. And I do it a lot of times with thighs, but it's like olive oil, lemon juice, oregano, salt and pepper. There might have been something else in there, but that lemon juice and the olive oil makes a fantastic um, marinade for chicken to be grilled. Actually, if you next time go when, next time you go to probably Trader Joe's, I'm sure look for the sour sour oranges or sour lemons. Oh and, yeah, and like mayor ones. What's that? It's like a mayor mayor lemon. Are those the sour yeah. ones. Yeah, but they're like a, okay. Uh, well, but they're actually a preserved lemon. Um, is very oh. big, very big in um. Uh, Mediterranean area, so it's like a pickled lemon, pickled. Uh, that, that that's kind of a game changer. It kind of gives you a little bit, 
because the spices you're talking about is kind of a Mediterranean feel. So adding that uh, preserved lemon kind of gives you a, a different thing. So you you have to try. I think you you're gonna try uh, go on Amazon and look up a tandoori uh, clay clay uh, clay tandoori uh, something like that. You can actually throw that on, mm-hmm. your, uh, on your grill, and that kind of gives a really unique flavor to chicken. Also, yeah, is it seasoning? The, tandoori the, the, seasoning or no no or tandoori it's like an oven. Like uh, no, it's it's a it's a actually like a, uh, whew, it's like a it's like a it's like a temple TP for your chicken worship. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. But yeah, I mean tandoori's a. I don't know, that's a show title right there. I gotta. <laughs> oh man, yeah, tandoori clay pot. I'm sorry, tangine. Tajine. Tangine. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Tandoori chicken also. Oh, yeah, but the, the, the recipe, yeah, there's the, uh, there's the thing from talking about. It's just basically a clay pot that has kind of a steam flute at the top of it. And, uh, yeah, you can do chicken, you can do pork in it, whatever you want. Um, some good eating right there. That's not really a, uh, it's not really a Southern thing, but. I guess maybe Southern India or Morocco, whatever. Yeah, Southern, yeah. Southern Hemisphere, maybe. Right? Yeah, yeah, it works. Uh, so we got some questions about what a, what a brine is. Um, and basically, it's uh, the solution. I, I just pulled up a quick recipe. was a gallon of water, three-quarters a cup of salt, and two-thirds a cup of sugar. This one actually had soy sauce and olive oil, which I would not do. Uh, but the salt and sugar, it's a lot of salt. Um, to make a brine and it just, and don't, don't do it for more than two, three hours or you're going to make a salt lick instead of chicken. Well, the salt, um, salt is, salt is a, uh, it breaks the protein muscle fiber up. So it's a kind of a tenderizing light. Yeah. It tenderizes it. And one so of our, good. what used to be my favorite restaurant, one of my favorite restaurants, Chick-fil-A, all their, all their chicken comes in pre-brined. So, um, you know, it, that's the reason why Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches are kind of unique and have a uh, special, special flavor. So, yeah. um, anyway. And, uh, another, you know, while we're talking about brining, a lot of folks have moved to dry brining now instead of, um, using a, a liquid solution. And you see this a lot with barbecue guys, but basically dry brining is even easier, but you just put your food, your meat of choice on uh, like a cooling rack on a sheet pan salt it salt it really well and just put it in the fridge for a couple hours and it has the same effect it's really good um says chicken all right so now the main event here that our recipes is steak um i'm a ribeye or new york strip kind of guy um i prefer ribeye but uh it seems like the ribeye is here lately I, i've been seeing everywhere just been really just really fatty and gnarly. So um, I like that extra marbling, the extra, you know, kind of that butter, natural butter. And the, yeah. Um, New York strips are good too. T-bones are probably kind of a close third. Sirloins, yeah. I mean, if you marinate them, I think sirloins are all right, but it's kind of like eating shoe leather sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Sirloin can taste really good if you cook it right. Mm-hmm. You just gotta, you, you can't, there's not, they're not very forgiving. I would say. I think the, I think the key to a sirloin is there's so many different cuts of a sirloin because you have like a baseball cut, you have top sirloin. Mm-hmm. It all depends on what part of the, of that 
uh, sirloin knuckle is coming from. Um, but there's actually a thing called a jacquard, J-A-C-A-R-D, um, that I would use if I, you can take a really bad piece of meat um, and use a jacquard. Jacquard is basically just a a uh, a handheld mechanism. Basically, it's just a, uh, oh, looks like a spiky a, thing. Yeah, it looks like a block. And it has these oh. spikes in it. So when you push it down, the spikes actually come through the block and actually um, just basically tenderize the hell out of the uh, the steak. So um, I, that's the only time like a sirloin is actually edible. And a lot, and be honest with you, a lot of restaurants that use sirloin, long, you know, like the chains like Longhorn Outback, Lone Star, Sagebrush. These guys are get steaks that are already pre-jacarded, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they they run through a mechanized carding system that actually kind of tenderizes that 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 way they can buy that two dollar steak and sell it to you for fourteen bucks because sure it's it's you know that's the reason why people are like why well, oh, you know my sirloin's always horrible at home and why there's different well that's the reason why is because they pay for that type of meat yeah then you pay for it yeah uh a little side note i had a steak from uh longhorn takeout a few weeks ago it was the anniversary dinner i think was the anniversary i don't know Anyway, it was really close to my anniversary. So I went to, and I haven't been to Longhorn in forever, but I was like, I want a steak. I don't want to cook it myself. I just got back from a trip. So I went and, uh, it was the, probably the best takeout food experience I've had in the pandemic as far as I ordered, I ordered it, I think medium rare, expecting to get it medium out of the box when I got home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it was medium rare. I was, oh, wow. I was very impressed by that. And it was good. I, I've had a lot, of, I've had a couple, we don't eat a ton out, but. Almost all the takeout food I've had recently in pandemic time has been, it can't be, I mean, it just hasn't been great, but Longhorn gets my silver approval, right. at least for now. Um, Yeah, steak. So, me, like, I'm a, I'm a good, like a medium rare. I'm a ribeye guy, just like you. Um, For a long time, I thought filet was it because it was the most expensive one. But it doesn't taste like anything, so I kind of went away from that. If you want tender, maybe um, fillet is pretty good. That's, um, that's, that's as, the reason why. That's the reason why a lot of restaurants used to offer bacon wrap fillets because it adds fat to the eat it. steak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, as far as like cooking one on the grill, I mean, really, it's just a super high heat. I mean, well, it depends what temperature fast you want as possible steak. Yeah, I mean, even if you want it, yeah, I guess if you want it medium well, you need to be a little more careful. But who eats your steak like that? Come on, people. Well, my my parents <laughs> eat their steak. My my parents yeah. like that that temperature above well, which is like cremated. So you gotta, yeah, you know, you gotta cook it really slow, just that way it's edible for them. But you know, then they question the outside of the appearance of the steak because it doesn't. Look like the bottom of your shoe, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that reminds me. We uh, went to a hibachi restaurant when I was like a teenager or something, and my mother ordered a well done steak. And like, so the guy, you know, at the hibachi, he cuts it all up, and he's feed, he's fed everybody. And my mom's steak is just still sitting there on the deck, you know, cooking. And he just looks at her, he goes, "Next time, call ahead." <laughs> like it took forever. That's funny. That was, yeah, it's, it kind of stuck with me. Um. Yeah, steak. I feel like, yeah, it's it's figuring out what temperature you want. Um, the best way I've ever, the best steak probably I've ever had. Uh, have you heard of the reverse sear method? Yeah. 
so essentially what reverse searing is, is you're kind of smoking it first and you're getting it to the temperature you want and then you're searing at the end. Um, so the thermometer kind of comes in handy here and there's a company called, um, I think it's ABC barbecue company. It has some like, if you're using a Weber kettle or any grill, really, they have some tools. Um, and they do something called a cold grate method. So they'll have the, they'll actually, they'll cook the steak to, you know, 130, whatever, 134 for medium rare. And then they will flip the steak over to the cold side of the grill and then spin it over to the coals. Where they'll flip it so that the cold, so basically you don't get grill marks. Instead of grill marks, you get a complete crust on the steak because the, the grill's not already hot already. And it, it comes out. I highly recommend you look it up and try it out because it is the best flavor I think I've ever had on the steak. You season it, you know, pretty you know, salt, pepper, whatever, just salt even. Um, fantastic. I like, uh, I do like sous vide, sous vide style. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's probably one of my, been my favorite. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, we've been doing a lot of steaks in a cast iron skillet. Mm-hmm. I know people probably call me crazy, but I like that kind of crusty. You get all the pan sauce with the steak, you know, but I, well, I, we keep it simple, too. I, I keep it simple. My wife can't cook a steak. I keep it simple, though. So salt, pepper, you know, season steak. And I actually season my steaks ahead of time and actually let them get up to room temperature. It just makes a better product in my mind. Yeah. Um, that, that was a, a question, actually, someone asked about if they, if you bring your steak up to room temp for an hour or so before cooking it i do um, um like if you're for grilling i do now if like i was smoking like a pork butt or something like that you want you want that as cold as possible cold yep because because that way this you have more opportunity for smoke to penetrate the meat there uh so you know it's funny this this question came up about the bringing your meat up to temperature because i just i watched a uh a cooking channel uh, experiment guy. He does a lot of really good stuff. Uh, I think it's called Guga Foods. I'll put a link in the show notes. But uh, he basically tested the theory of that, and he did the he did a taste test. He did two steaks. He did one right out of the fridge and one that he let set for two. First, he tested the bacteria level and all that kind of stuff for the food safety. Two hours was the limit, and leaving it out from a food safety standpoint. But he basically did an A/B test on two steaks. And he said he couldn't taste or tell any difference in the two products, um, which I thought was interesting. You know, so whether it makes a difference or not, I think it's going to be up to the the cook who's making the food or eating the food. Sure, <laughs> for him it didn't make a difference. You know, yeah. on that. So try it, see what happens. Um, let's see if there's any other questions. Someone likes a rare steak. Uh, Broil them in the oven. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, I do have a circulator, so I, the sous vide steak. My second favorite steak is probably a sous vide steak. You know, um, which isn't doesn't count as grilling unless you finish it on the grill. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of trouble to get the charcoal out for that. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as cast iron, my only issue is the smoke in my house. So I almost have to take it outside on a gas burner. Or something well, the if I can. Uh, yeah, but the cast iron the cast iron ticket is. You know, you, you you get your oven or stove topped up to about seven or eight, let it get red hot, then on, you know, basically throw the meat in there, let it, give it a two-minute two thing, flip it over, throw it in the oven. 
on 500 yep. and let it finish cooking in the oven. I, that kind of gets your smoke level down. But I, I know what you're saying because I've, I've set our alarms off several times. Lots of times. <laughs> Every time I sear anything in a cast iron pan, uh, it's it's going to be a smoke alarm. Steady, yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically. Uh, all right. Well, um, move on here. There's no other questions there. So, uh, do you do have any grilled? You said you kind of already answered this, but ve- veggies or sides or um, other? I, yeah, like I, I like actually tomatoes. Oh, tomatoes are like a, sli- a sliced, you know, beefsteak tomato. Ten yeah. seconds on each side, a little bit of salt and pepper. Just, I mean, just basically heating them up a little bit. Yeah, and then um, a little bit of milk, mozzarella cheese, and chopped basil, and a little bit of sliced red onion and vinegar. It's really good. Be, you know, okay. just like a, like a grilled caprese salad. Sure, that um, sounds pretty good. I'm not a big fan of squash and zucchini. I think they're probably two of the most useless vegetables out there. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you slice them in planks and then marinate them like a just a, a standard cheap Italian, Italian dressing, dressing or something. yeah, yep, let marinate and actually grill them. Um, that sugars in the Italian dressing caramelize, and it's a really nice, really nice flavor. Um, asparagus. Bacon wrapped asparagus, naked asparagus, any asparagus, um, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I think those are great. But yeah, the the grilled tomatoes, grilled tomato, real thick slice, beef steak, you know, local, you know, seasonal. I think that's probably one of my favorites. It's just a simple item, kind of breaks up, especially if you're eating a fatty steak. Yeah. Um, that acidity of that tomato helps break up that, that unami flavor. Everyone calls it just that real earthy, fatty. Mm-hmm. Any fattiness of it, the acidity helps break that up. So, Rodney says we sound like Martha. Which one? Uh, Martha Stewart. <laughs> Which Martha? Yeah, I don't. Um, so I agree with uh, pretty much everything you said there with the squash and stuff. But one one of my I kind of discovered this a couple of years ago was grilled okra. Take just whole okra from the store and toss it in olive oil and put like I think the rub. I, I think it was actually. I was doing this at my mom's house and she had like this Paula Dean all purpose seasoning, which is just, it's like salt, pepper, garlic powder, maybe something else. I like took the cap off from the top, you know, <laughs> yeah, and tossed that in with the okra and grilled that. And that was really good. But the problem was you got to eat it immediately because once it gets cold, yeah, it's cold, cold okra, you know, but basically it turned into like a chef snack, you know. I'm sitting on the grill, throwing like little napalm okra bombs in my mouth. They're really good, but they're really hot. <laughs> so. I'm a, uh, I, 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 I really like fried okra. I'm no, yeah. I've got kind of, I don't know if it's growing up, growing up the way we did, where money was stretched and we had like leftover okra was made into goulash soup on a Sunday and the okra getting all slimy. So I, I can't, can't do okra anymore. Can't do it anymore. Yeah. Why. It's, it's yeah, gotta be yeah. crispy. It has to be deep, like really crispy, deep fried. Yeah. Really well salted. And it can't be cold. Yeah. Those are my requirements. Well, that's the reason why, uh, you know, in Cajun cuisine, there's a lot, a lot of okra is added to a lot of the soups and sauces and stuff. Cause it, that the sliminess of okra is actually a thickener. So yeah, there's a chemical just, in there that yeah yeah it thickens everything. I like it. That's my it's one of my favorites. Um, is there any other sides? 
I'd rather drink cold medicine than eat okra. I mean, that's <laughs> pretty bad. Uh, oh, uh, Lisa wants you to write write down your uh, tomato grilled tomato recipe. Maybe I can transpose it when we're uh, transcribe it when I'm editing and put it in the show. Um, actually, I've, I've grilled romaine before, like make a grilled Caesar salad. I've done that. Oh yeah. Um, a grilled broccoli, grill you know, broccoli, uh, rob. Probably tried about everything in our produce section on a grill. I'm sure I've grilled out sliced apples. I mean, grilled oranges, you know, peaches, oranges. What's that like? Well, like, uh, we did, I remember one time we did a, um, um, we did a catering for like, uh, had lobster tails and, uh, you grill orange slices to go, comp, you know, com- complement the, uh, lobster. So, uh, yeah, really good. Uh, Grilled lemon slices for fish. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. I mean, yeah. There's like beans and casseroles and, you know, like a, like a hash brown casserole on a grill. Does that count as a side or will you allow that, Judge? Or that I don't, That's a good question. Well, we're probably going to dive into that here on our next, uh, when we get into the, uh, part four of our discussion here. I don't know, because I've, I've cooked some things, like I've grilled, like caramel, well, grill's the wrong word. I've put a cast iron pan on the grill for onions, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. Just because that's where I was cooking. I just, that's what I, was, what I did, you know, where I'm cooking over a yeah. fire or something, uh, if I'm camping with a cast iron pan. Um, so, you know, there's an accessory we didn't really talk about. Get a cast iron pan to put on your grill, because you can do a lot of extra stuff with that. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah, uh, you, you can actually bake cornbread on the grill too. Ooh. Actually, you know, you do those onions like you're talking about and, uh, uh, just actually do the onions, caramelize them in the, in the, in the cast iron, actually save them and, uh, you can make like French onion soup the next day or whatever. It's a really unique flavor. So anybody hungry yet? Uh, so next topic's fruits. We got some, uh, people in the chat room talking about fruit peaches pineapple mm-hmm. i've done pineapple i feel like you have to do fresh pineapple to get a good result and that's a lot of work <laughs> you know it's so soggy the only time i've ever used pineapple would be for uh like a sade um as far as fruits uh yeah peaches are probably probably the best i, I would say it's probably my most favorite um Grilled banana fosters is pretty good. So I've grilled bananas on a grill. Um, okay, I'm with you. Yeah, I've I've I've, uh, I've slow grilled coconut halves on a you know grill, and then you actually carve those out, and you can use those in various things. Hmm. Um, I've used coconut shells on a grill for actually to bake fish with. Kind of unique. So there's all kinds of cool cool little things okay. you do. Yeah, that'd be interesting. What kind of like a white fish of some kind? Yeah, like a halibut. Um, okay. I'm not a fan of mahi, but halibut um, grouper things like that. Real delicate white fish. Yeah, I like black. I mahi has to have a ton of seasoning to make it good for me. You know? The best part about <laughs> mahi is throwing it away. That's about my <laughs> my take on mahi. It's like steak fish, like a fish steak. Um, okay, you guys, any questions? You have banana there. So uh, we'll we're gonna move to the last kind of piece here. Um, on the specific grilling stuff. 
and so we're going to, this isn't even a game, but we're going to play, make a three course meal, like an appetizer, main course with side and a dessert. Only cooking, your only cooking source is your grill. Your only heat source, I'm going to say. Those are the stipulations. Mm. All right. I guess appetizer. Um, man, I do like uh, it's like a, you take like a uh, a large shrimp, um, you know, butterfly, whatever, or at least back, you know, break the or devein it basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, you know, a little sliver of jalapeno, cheddar, wrapping bacon, um, just something simple. But I'm telling you, that little caprese. The grilled tomato caprese salad, that's that's probably one of my favorite you know, uh, appetizers, I would say. You? Yeah, for appetizer, I think I would probably do my first thing. I mean, I was thinking bacon-wrapped shrimp from the get-go. Um, I used to actually marinate the shrimp and pineapple juice a little bit, like a pineapple slide, like a chunk in between there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the trick with bacon wrapped shrimp specifically is the bacon cooks way slower than the shrimp does mm-hmm. yeah kind of have to pre-cook it a little bit so your shrimp doesn't turn into like a little yeah. Up so yeah. especially on high heat uh what other appetite i mean i don't eat a lot of appetizers at home so i don't cook a lot of that kind of stuff um the okra would buy, it turns into an appetizer half the time because i'm sitting there i know it's your favorite uh but I'm sitting there cooking and like I'm just eating them right off the grill because <laughs> they're better that way. Maybe I'll have to try them, but I'm sitting there trying not to throw up in my mouth yeah, right no. now. So yeah, sorry. I don't like tomatoes, but I think I would eat that crazy thing with a little balsamic. People like a balsamic yeah, vinegar glaze, on there. Balsamic glaze, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, okay, so main dish, main course slash side for that. Uh, I'm I'm going old school here. I think like a. Like a ribeye with like a like an Oscar, they they call it Oscar style. They basically have lump jumbo lump crab meat and hollandaise sauce. Okay. Um, I, I, I like that. I, I when I when I eat fat kid meals, I love all the fat at one time. <laughs> so the hollandaise sauce, hollandaise sauce is basically cold cooked eggs. I mean, it's, it's butter like, and eggs. Yeah, but it's butter <laughs> eggs and it's cold cooked with lemon juice and yeah. Um. If you add a little tarragon and red wine vinegar to it, oh, son, that's some good eating right there. But no, the jumbo lump crab meat and just the fattiness of the steak, I don't think you can beat it. I mean, it's mm. good stuff. Uh, I do like grilled sea bass, but I'm going to go, I'm gonna stick with holidays Ooh, topped. Uh, yeah. I'm going to stick with the holidays topped ribeye. Um, like, I think grilled asparagus would be perfect for that. No compliment. All right. I'm making my meal plan for next week now. Hmm. <laughs> So I'm going to go um, a carne asada, I think, for my grilled. Uh, so I like taking a flank steak and doing a carne asada marinade with like lime juice and a little bit of sugar and uh, I think some vinegar. There's all kinds of stuff that goes in that marinade. But the, for me, the key to it is to marinate it for like 48 hours. Sure. The flank's a little chewy. Yeah. <laughs> and that, this actually happens a lot of times when I go camping. I'll, I'll put the steak in the marinade and put it in the cooler. Like Thursday night, and then I cook it on Saturday, and just put it over a hot fire, and it's fantastic. 
What's uh, what's the what's the marinade? Oh gosh, let me let me pull it up real quick. Actually, uh, well, I, I do, I do, I have a um, the old school steakhouses back in the day. They would always get cheap meat uh, for like you know the people coming in didn't want to spend forty dollars on a steak, and they sure. would call it, they would call it a club steak. I'm not exactly sure what club that was, but it was called a club <laughs> steak. And they would marinate these things, and it actually would take a it take your you know you take your shoe and make it tender. And basically, all it was is orange juice, pineapple juice, and soy sauce, and maybe a little bit of you know raw garlic. You're gonna fancy it up, but yeah, the longer that stuff marinates, I mean, it's, you, you could I'm, literally you could take you could take this can right here, marinate it, and be and be fork tender in forty eight hours. So yeah, uh, that reminds me of uh, the Texas Steakhouse, not to be confused with Texas Roadhouse. Right, had a steak called the Marshall Dillon. It had a, it was a ribeye. It was a good, as opposed to taking a piece of cheap piece of meat, this was a good ribeye marinated for 48 hours in like fruit, pineapple juice and a bunch of citrus. Yeah. Unreal. And they've got this crust on that thing. Uh, but the carne asada marinade, it's olive oil, soy sauce, lime juice, uh, apple cider vinegar, sugar, black pepper, little ground cumin, four cloves of garlic, lots of, lots of garlic, um, minced jalapeno. And a, like a half a handful or a big handful of cilantro, like chopped up real good. And you just let it sit in there for days, cook it up. Um, and it's fajitas is what I would make that with. So, you know, I'd grill up some peppers and onions and stuff. Um, yeah, one of my, one of my favorite, something very similar to that, one of my favorite is chimichurri sauce. So, oh, and, yes. that, and that's good with, oh. and chimichurri is good with, Pretty much anything. I think chicken, pork, beef, seafood yeah. goes great on seafood. And that's they, just garlic and cilantro. Well, it's it's for, cilantro, or oregano. Oh, oregano. There you go. Yeah. Parsley, garlic, red wine that's vinegar, salt, uh, a boatload of, of garlic. <laughs> you know, but the red wine vinegar, the salt and pepper. But um, I mean, side note, it was developed in Argentina for British troops because you know they just had left. Uh, or a lot of British troops are transferring from India, and I guess they had that kind of flavor of curry. And, that, and Argentina had nothing like that, so uh, the, the locals misinterpreted uh, "give me curry for chimichurri." So that was there's some lost okay. in translation. But it's a great product, though. So. Chimichurri, I love yeah. chimichurri, yeah. especially on a good steak. Yeah. I, absolutely, yeah. Uh, picked, picked wrong. Yeah, so yeah, I would do uh, tortillas and all that stuff on the grill, heat them up. Um, oh. so next, um, oh, desserts, dessert time. I guess we ate all that food. A little something sweet. Um, you can, you can make a really, uh, you can actually make cream brulee in a cast iron skillet. Okay. But I really love peach cobbler in a cast iron skillet in the grill. I love peach cobbler. Oh yeah, cold, yeah. cold out of yeah. a can. I, mean. yeah. <laughs> I don't know about a can, but yeah, yeah I, I, I got, I, I got what you're cobbler. saying. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I would go very simple on dessert, and it's not going to really go with the theme of my the. Well, nothing really goes with the theme, but if I'm going to make a dessert and kind of keep it simple, I really like making s'mores on my grill, hmm. and that's the thing I think a lot of people don't think about. Because you think campfire, you got to, you know, you got to go heat up the marshmallow. Sure. 
But, the, but my problem with s'mores is the chocolate's always cold. And the graham crackers, you know, when you're making them around in that in the circle. But if you just do it all in like a piece of foil or in a or put them in a cast iron if you want to, on the grill, everything gets hot and melty. And mm. The flavor is so much better. Well, I like that. That's a very approachable for folks that, you know, aren't making the chimichurri or the steak Oscar. You know, you can always make s'mores on your charcoal grill or gas grill. Make everybody happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Biggin's talking about grilled pound cake. Yep. It's good stuff. Grilled pound like is the you cook it and then grill it and then put like some strawberries or something on there maybe I can't I can't remember if I made this for him or not but you actually take uh you take a well, I mean I, I'm not I, I'm hope I can't remember if I've shared this one or not I think I have maybe not but um it's very simple you can um you can grill your pound cake on a, on a grill or cast iron skillet and then you can actually make a separate side sauce basically any type of fruit peaches strawberries um whatever just a lot of brown sugar butter and then you're gonna you're gonna help to glaze that with bourbon and uh you kind of <sighs> make a bourbon like a bourbon strawberry sauce bourbon blueberry sauce whatever and okay. you can actually drizzle that or pound cake is really good but yeah that's a, that's a good call big and pound cake is really good yeah wow all right well um final thoughts um uh, for our grilling episode, I think we're don't have more questions here. Um, I would just say, you know, I've got some other toys that I like to cook with outside. Just want to give a quick shout out. Um, the first one, and we'll probably have to do a whole other show on smoking meat, but um, I do I do have a pit barrel cooker. I love for smoking. I got started though on my Weber, my only kettle grill. So you get a kettle grill if you're just starting out with this stuff. And learn how to smoke on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very versatile. Um, you only need one thing sitting on your patio if you do it that way. Um, and then I've got, I had a gift a couple of years ago was a wood-fired pizza oven. I'm not sure if anyone's seen pictures I've put up of this thing. Uh, but it gets up to 900 degrees. So it'll cook a pizza in a minute and a half. And it makes oh, wow. like that real like Neapolitan stuff. I've got a couple of cast iron pans for that. It's a uni. I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Like I got mine as a gift, like a Christmas present, and then like they come out with more and more things that I would love to have, but I don't have a big enough outdoor space for. <laughs> right. Like they have like four different pizza ovens, and they all look. I want all of them, and I only make pizza like once a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but some of the best pizza I ever had. So, do you have any final kind of no things thoughts? I'm explore things I'm exploring in the future? I'm um. Once we move, I'm going to kind of set up an out, outdoor area. And uh, obviously, I want to pick up a pellet smoker, which is the you know, the, the crock pot of smoking. Right. Um, but for the ease of it, because I just don't have a lot of time, um, I would like to have an outdoor pizza oven, because I think that would be kind of unique and cool for parties and stuff. Yeah. But I'm still going to have my crusty, my crusty-ass charcoal <laughs> grill. So. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the s'mores thing, I've made s'mores pizza in that uh uni before and it's amazing it's like a kids fat kid it. dream right there right yeah it sounds good <laughs> it's, it's more pizza. Wow. pizza um so that was our grilling show um i think the facebook folks the, the three people there that were chatting loved it so uh we'll see what everyone else thinks so if you want to wrap it up yeah 
appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, hopefully we'll have the whole back gang back together. The band be back together next week. Um, you reach us on our Southern fly, Southern fry philosophy page on Facebook at Southern fry philosophy. Um, you can also check us out on our website at Southern fry philosophy.com. Um, where do you download your podcast? Please go there. Um, hit subscribe. Just look up Southern fry philosophy right there. Yellow, yellow and red, uh, logo. Um, also, um, if you haven't registered to be a donor yet, organ donor, don't forget to do that. Next time you go renew your, um, driver's license, just go in there and let them know you'd like to be an organ donor. You can help save someone's life. Yep. Until, uh, what, what would Biggin say? Keep looking up. Or go to the cookout. Go, yeah. Gotta, <laughs> I want to hit the fridge right now. So <laughs> you guys take care. I see. <laughs>